You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Friday. Two weeks from right now, we will be in the second round. And the first round will have happened last night. Well, two weeks from now. And we'll have all sorts of of things to talk about in terms of the draft. We're going to start today with not the draft, but it's going to segue into the draft because the Packers bring back Devon House on a one-year deal. This is a a contract that I mentioned could be in play uh, about a week ago uh, and even, even probably before that. And it doesn't tilt the field for the Packers' defense. It does not suddenly make them an elite passing defense. But having veteran players is exactly what HaHa Clinton Dix called out this organization for not having at the end of the year. What I find very amusing is Packer fans saying, well, Ted Thompson never does anything in free agency. Again, not Ted Thompson. He's still in the front office. And now Brian Gutekinds goes out and he signs Tremont Williams and Devon House two veteran corners, one of whom was very good last year, Tremont Williams. And now it's not enough. Before, all they wanted was something, and now they're getting the thing, and it's not enough. And I've had a lot of people say, well, it's just that Devon House isn't very good. And they need to be aiming higher. They should be trying to get bigger name corners. Well... That's what Eagles fans would have said about Patrick Robinson last year, and he had a breakout season at age 30. I'm sure there were Cardinals fans that are going, we're really going to start Tremont Williams? And he was excellent last year for the Cardinals. Having veterans is an inherent good in that you trust them to know where to be, what to do, to act professionally, to practice the right way, to do all the, the little things that they know they need to do because when you've been in the league as long as someone like Tremont Williams, that's not an accident. He has work habits. He has an ethic. He has a plan. He plays with purpose. He practices with purpose. He studies his ass off. These are the kind of moves the Packers didn't make. And it's the kind of move that I criticize them often for not making. So what happens is, so that ha-ha Clinton Dix criticism I mentioned. He complained that they're relying on unproven players in the back end. That, you know, you have to you have to play Kentrell Bryce, an undrafted free agent, or Marwin Evans, an undrafted free agent, or rookies who have never played like Josh Jones. And that's true, but he names names, Jared Bush, Micah Hyde, Chris Banjo, who only got to be veterans because they played early. They played as rookies. Micah Hyde played a lot as a rookie. Jared Bush played. 
Chris Banjo played. They got snaps. And the only way you can become a veteran is to be a rookie. That's just how this works. And so the draft and develop process brings us here. Now the Packers have Kevin King. He is their upside play number one corner. That's what they're hoping. They brought in two veterans. Guys that can be your second and third corners and you can just be okay. You can feel like okay. You're not going to feel good. Not going to feel great. But you can feel okay. Because say what you want about Demarius Randall's talent. He clearly was not doing all the things that his coaches wanted and needed him to be doing. Tremont Williams is the opposite. He is going to be the person who maximizes his talent, goes above and beyond his talent because he works so hard. And that is infectious. You want Kevin King to practice next to Tremont Williams. And look, Devon House is going to play in a scheme that better fits his tools and abilities and strengths. They're going to play press man. He got beat some in man coverage last year. That's true. But if you play man, you're going to get beat. If you look at the the cornerbacks, I was, in fact, I went back and looked. So by passer rating, Devon House was the 10th worst cornerback last year in terms of when he was targeted. Okay. You know who he was tied with, tied for 10th? Dominique Riders Cromartie, who a lot of Packer fans wanted the Packers to sign. Ninth, TJ Carey, another player that Packers fans wanted them to sign. You know who was third, third worst? Josh Norman. Josh Norman, who everyone agrees is a top 10 corner. The Tennessee Titans paid Logan Ryan $10 million a year, and he's 13th on this list. Desmond Trufant, widely considered one of the best corners in football, 16th. Just a few points better than Devon House. Malcolm Butler's 23rd on this list. In the modern league, you need three corners, at least And the Packers have three corners that they know can play. That is good. Just that in itself. Three guys they know can play NFL football. And House is a better system fit with Mike Pettin than he was with Dom Capers when they're playing mixed coverages, zone coverages. No. Devon House at the line of scrimmage, hands on, play press. You've got that guy. And that's what they're going to do this year. And they're going to mix. They're going to do some different kinds of things too. They're going to be disruptive. But this is the kind of move that I have long criticized Ted Thompson for not making. And it is the the heart of what Ha Clinton Dix was trying to get across. They're going to draft a corner, probably two in this draft. But they don't have to play right away. They don't have to be relied upon as starters like Kevin King was. Now, Kevin King, there was a rash of injuries. Devon House gets hurt. Damaris Randall gets benched. Quentin Rollins gets hurt. And now all of a sudden, you got to play Kevin King. He was no better than the fourth corner to open the season, despite having a high pedigree and a high talent. So this idea that someone like Denzel Ward, if he falls to 14, for example, or Josh Jackson, is just going to come in and start? Mm Mm-mm. Rookie corners are bad. I mean, that, that, is, that is a truism in the NFL. Rookie corners are not good. Desmond King, who was outstanding as a rookie last year, by rookie standards and by normal standards, 18th on this list, 18th worst 
in passer rating when targeted. Jordan Lewis, 22nd rookie. Eli Apple, who was good as a rookie and terrible last year as a sophomore, is sixth on the list. Young corners struggle. And the Packers shouldn't rely on them to succeed. So even if they draft Denzel Ward, he can come in and play the slot. He can come in and and play in dime like Kevin King did early in the season. And maybe by the middle of the year or the end of the year, he's getting more snaps like Sam Shields did. But those are rare circumstances. The Packers can't and don't have to rely on the draft for that. You are listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything new across the NFL with Locked On NFL and Locked On NFL Draft. I want to expand on something that I started to talk about earlier in the week because I think the Devon House signing really drives it home. I wrote about this for Acme Packing Company yesterday. There are needs on this team. And I know there are even there are even Packers media people that I think are smart, who think there are glaring holes on this roster. I don't. And that's not because I'm I'm overly optimistic. I just don't see the holes. Whoever the Packers draft at any position anywhere on the team, they're probably not going to play as rookies. Not start anyway. They'll play, but they won't start. You need a rotation of pass rushers, Mike McCarthy admitted that, admitted that the Packers felt like they really would have benefited from someone like Julius Peppers being on the roster, that 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 rotation is critical, and Kyler Fackler just isn't good enough. But they have two. They have starters. They have pass rushers. Vince Beagle is going to be back. Reggie Gilbert showed some nice things. If they pick up an edge rusher, he's a rotation-level player. If they pick a cornerback, he's in a rotation they pick a guard, unless it's Quentin Nelson, probably. Justin McCray is going to start ahead of them. They pick a tackle, Brian Bulaga is going to start ahead of him. They pick a receiver, he may be a de facto starter, but he's no better than the third option in this offense. So why is it is it that there is this perception out there that the Packers have these massive holes that they need to fill? This was a top half defense in adjusted sack rate last year. They could They could get after the passer at times. When they were healthy, when Nick Perry had all of his arms, they were pretty good. And they could get hot. Clay Matthews can still come in and have a three-sack game. We saw him do it. He's, he was an excellent run defender last year. He's still a really good player. Now, I understand that Nick Perry basically needs to change his name to Nick Perry if he's healthy. Because that's what we always say about him. And so that's why they need to get an edge rusher. They do. But even if they... even if you know, even if you love Bradley Chubb, which I don't, but even if the best pass rusher in the draft is available at 14 and they take him, he's not starting. Not not preferred. Nick Perry is starting over him. Clay Matthews is starting over him. So this idea that the Packers have this, have this, all these holes that they need to fill, it, it just, it doesn't compute for me. You bring in Muhammad Wilkerson to help your pass rush. To clean up and, and clear out blockers so that you can get your rushers on the edge and free. And you can free up blitzers. Maybe if Roquan Smith falls, he places he plays over Jake Ryan. But it sounds like Josh Jones is going to play more in the box. I think if there's one place 
where where you can point to and say if they draft a player at this position, he's likely to start and play significant snaps is safety. If they if they get Minka Fitzpatrick or Derwin James, I think you'll see Josh Jones in the box as a de facto linebacker in that sort of nitro backer position. And you'll have the other safety, not not deep because he's going to play all over, but he'll play starter level snaps. And that's that's one reason why I think the Packers are smart to be looking at Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick. They've, they've had multiple meetings with Derwin James. Tony Pauline, who is a longtime draft analyst and observer and, and reporter, said that after talking to teams, he thinks Minka Fitzpatrick and Derwin James are both going to go in that 11 to 20 range, which is right where the Packers draft. It looks like four, maybe five quarterbacks are going to be going in the top 10, which is going to push these players down. They're going to have their pick of good players at 14, whether it's an edge rusher, whether it's a corner. They can just let the draft play out. They don't have glaring needs. And... As, as was the point that I made in my article for Acme Packing Company, they can take players who may not be ready to be high-level contributors in year one. There's this, there's this big perception out there that someone like Marcus Davenport, because he may not be super impactful year one, is a bad pick. Green Bay needs help right now. No, they don't. This is my point. They don't. They have guys who can get the job done if they're healthy. You have Kenny Clark, who's going to take a step forward and be a more vicious pass rusher this year. You have Mike Daniels, Muhammad Wilkerson, Nick Perry, Clay Matthews. These are good players. Teams would kill to have a front seven that looks like Green Bay's. Most teams don't have a front seven this good. Their front seven is good and got better. They were already a top 10 run defense. They're going to be even better there. And when you make teams play left-handed, you should be able to to be effective against them. That they weren't is not just an indictment of the talent on this team, but an indictment of Dom Capers. And I've said that over and over and over and over. So much of the failings of this team can be traced back to Dom Capers. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to bear itself out right away this season because you're going to see a different kind of defense. And you're going to see players in positions to succeed rather than fail and in positions that best suit their talents rather than best suit the defense. Mike Pettin is going to is going to rip his game plan up every week and start over. That is what makes him so good as a defensive coordinator. He's going to come in with a fresh game plan every week. And that's another reason why you need veterans. You need guys who understand how to play, understand scheme because it's going to be different week to week. And they're going to disguise. And they're going to pattern match. And you you have to know what's going on. And so I think you're going to see Kevin King take a leap in year two. He's going to be healthy. A full off season. It's not ideal that he's going to have to learn a whole new defense. But it's a defense that fits his skills. Get those big hands and long arms on receivers. Disrupt them at the line. There's not going to be as many gimmies. A lot of the production last year was on underneath, on slants, on digs, on crossers, where it was basically an uncontested throw because the defense is playing off. They're playing soft. 
mean, third and eight, and the corners are 10 yards back. Mike Patton's not giving those up. And and no pass rush is going to make up for those. That's one of the reasons why this pass rush looked so impotent at times. Because the ball is coming out. This is This is something that is happening around the league. Teams are prioritizing short throws. And as a result, those are high efficiency throws. And as a result, the pass rush has become a little bit neutered. Because just the ball's getting out. Get the ball out and and let the receiver make a play. It's basically like an extended handoff if teams are going to play soft. And all of the teams that give the Packers problems and have always given the Packers problems are teams who press at the line, who disrupt the timing and make you work for everything. You play this Packers secondary now with 6'3 Kevin King and 6'1 Devon House and 6'flat Tremont Williams, all guys who are long-armed, who are strong, who can be physical at the line, you're going to know you played Green Bay if you're a receiver. Now, do they need a little flexibility? Do they need a little speed? Do they need a little athleticism in there? Yeah, they do. Dante Jackson from LSU, twitched up freak. If he falls to 45, run the pick to the podium. I don't care who they picked at 14. Denzel Ward, same deal. Jair Alexander, Mike Hughes, so guys who can play in the slot, play outside, and they're flexible. They're fluid athletes. Someone's got to cover Stephon Diggs. Someone's got to cover Adam Thielen. You've got the horses now to match up with the Falcons and Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu, or the Cowboys with Des Bryant, or the Eagles with Alshon Jeffrey. But do you have someone for Doug Baldwin? Do you have someone for Robert Woods? Do you have someone to cover these smaller, shiftier receivers? I think I think right now that's a question. And if they take Josh Jackson, he's a little stiff, it would add to that issue. But the Seahawks make it work. They've had a lot of big, physical, stiff-ish corners. Richard Sherman's a little stiff. You put him in the slot, that's where he struggles. Guys like Antonio Brown can get after him a little bit. Every team needs a diverse group of athletes in the secondary and Green Bay needs to diversify a little bit but being in this position now means not having to rely on a rookie if anyone thought Denzel Ward was going to come in and save their season the the guys like Marshawn Lattimore are few and far between and I think Denzel Ward is really good I don't think he's as talented as Marshawn Lattimore now maybe he's as talented as Tredavious White who came in and was outstanding for the Bills as a rookie but most rookie corners are bad do you like locked on Packers Do you have a product that my audience could benefit from, that my audience could like and buy? You should be advertising on this podcast. The audience continues to grow and diversify. We have a predominantly male audience, but we have a growing female audience as well. And your name, your product, your business could sponsor the podcast. We have reasonable rates. We would love to have you be part of the Locked On Podcast family. Send me an email at peter underscore bukowski at yahoo.com for more. We can work out a package that fits your needs and reaches an audience that you want. An audience that engages with the podcast. And I think you'll find a customer base that's loyal to you. One thing before we go, there were a lot of Packer fans who were telling me that they wanted Jarvis Landry in the offseason. Well, he just got $75 million from the Cleveland Browns. Absolutely not. No thanks. Nice try. That would not happen. 
Green Bay would never have paid him. I wouldn't pay him half that much, frankly. And I think it's clear now that the receiver market was a, a, just a disaster. Jordan Matthews did go for cheap to the Patriots on a, on a million-dollar deal. Clearly, Green Bay is fine with the players that they have. I think they were they were not as close to parting ways with Randall Cobb as as maybe was originally thought or or was the conventional wisdom. Jordy Nelson always felt like the guy who could be the odd man out, despite the fact that he was willing to reconsider and and restructure his contract. The Packers are going to take a receiver in this draft, and as I said, they will not have to rely upon him unless there is serious injury. He's not going to have to be a 100-target player because Jimmy Graham is going to get a bunch of targets, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, and and they have a backfield full of really talented backs who are going to get the ball as well. The Packers are going to be able to play balanced. So I don't think that should be that big a concern for, for the team. And frankly, I'm fine with Justin McCray at guard. If he's their right guard, I think they'll be totally fine with that. They like Lucas Patrick as well, or they drafted a guard last year. So they have they have bodies. I think the bigger question's at right tackle, but they're going to give Jason Spriggs and Kyle Murphy the chance to be the backups to Brian Bulaga, who hopefully doesn't need a backup. Hopefully he plays. And he's the starter if he's healthy. There's just no question he is and is a very good starter when he's healthy. Can he be relied upon? We don't know. But Jason Spriggs was pretty solid at the end of last year. It was always going to take some time with him. An offensive lineman in the league have a steep learning curve from college. If they take a right tackle, he's not going to come in and start. So again, there aren't that many places on the roster where the Packers need a starter. They need depth. They need some overall talent upgrades. Long term, I think you can see some guys who could be starters long term. But for 2018... Most of these guys are not going to start unless there's injuries. All right, we're getting close. I, I promised an interview today, but frankly, there was there was too much else to talk about with the Devon House signing and uh, the trickle down effects from that. So we'll get that next week. I do want to I do want to bring you some inside information and, and input from smart draft people as we get closer to the draft. And it's only two weeks away now, less. So that that will all be on the show next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then the following week, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Those will be evening shows, but they'll 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 post late night, and they'll be up, you know, for the for the day. So that will all be there for you. Remember at Peter underscore Bukowski on Twitter, at Lockdown Packers on Twitter. HackMePackingCompany.com, Fansided.com, ProFootballWeekly.com. I have a piece up on Josh Allen this week you should check out. And always stay locked on Packers.